I'll shut her up. I can't wait for you to go back and edit this. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hello, Future this. Perry. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's Future Perry's problem. Yeah. Screw that guy. Dang it, past Perry. <laughs> Welcome back to another week of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Perry, and I got Swan with me, as I kind of normally do, but also, Not Curtis. We're going to call you Not Curtis all night. Is that okay? No. Okay. Not, not okay with that. All right. This is Chad from It's Bourbon <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back, Chad. It's Thanks. been a while since it, you've been on. It has. You were in the background of the, uh, the live show. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, shouting a every, response. Every now and then. Yes. yes. And, oh, yes. Questions. Well, that's mm-hmm. right. I forgot yeah. about that. Anyway, welcome back. Thank you. Happy to have you here. We're going to do something kind of fun tonight. Uh, we're talking just about barrel-proof bourbons. All of our, well, not just about, but our progression to barrel-proof bourbons. And, you know, this is what where we kind of find our home and what we enjoy the most. So, figured it'd be a, a fun little topic. Swan actually suggested this for us, so... You are co-producer on this episode, mm-hmm. Swan. Oh, man. I'm going to be in the credits now. <laughs> Heck yes. <laughs> but we got to get started off, as we normally do, with Flying Blind. We're going to blind the guests with something that they don't know what it is. It's light. It smells a little nutty. Hmm. I wonder why, Chad. Tastes a little nutty. But yeah, it is easy. That's. <clears throat> I'd say it tastes mostly nutty. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Yeah. Especially yeah, the finish. With that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's not bad, though. No. I haven't had this in a while. This was a surprise that I found out in the wild. I had to hunt for it. It was hiding among the bushes. It's deer bourbon. <laughs> stag. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's lightest uh, George T. Stag you'll ever have in your life. buck. Isn't there a buck bourbon? Yeah. I think there is. Yeah. 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 It's like 20 bucks a bottle and... Age for a minimum of three years. Hmm. I think we've about covered it on that. There's not a whole lot. <clears throat> not a whole lot you can you can say to it's, really it's dive into there. Standard. It's uh, um, accessible. Cla- classic. Yeah. Well, it's all uh, Jim Beam Black, but it's eight year. It's age stated. Mm-hmm. Um, Eighty six proof. I think this is from, if I remember correctly, like two thousand nine. Maybe a little bit earlier than that. I would have said 2010. Uh, that's that's really good. Yeah, I'm with him, man. It's a 2010 vintage for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, tastes it tastes like 10, but 2010 was a I good year you. for Jim Beam. I believe you. What what, what I kind of like about it is I find that it's um you know so this is what 86 proof. Yes. Um, it has more spice on it than you might think, like a mid 90s proof. Yeah. Or even you could tell me this was 100 proof, and I'd be like, yeah, okay. I, yeah, I, I think that it, and it was funny when you guys were talking about how it had a little bit of a kick, or excuse me, not a lot of a kick to it. It was just kind of easy to sip. My first reaction was it had a bit of a kick, and there's a lot of spice up front. I mean, it, I it definitely builds the more you, you drink on yeah. it. Yeah, 
for sure. And mm-hmm. I, I think I pointed out before that Jim Beam seems like it's got more of a punch than some of the other distilleries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, for somebody like us, that, like we said, kind of lean towards barrel proofs, having something lighter with that Jim Beam kick to it. Yeah. I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't mind it. I'll say that much. But anyway, that was a very quick kind of flying blind. But what have you guys been drinking recently? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Go <laughs> listen to last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, last week's episode. That's it. Mm. No, I had plenty last week, so calmed down a little bit. Took a week off. Now I'm back to uh, ruin that once more. That's Can't good wait. to do every once in a while. We did have kind of a wild recording session Oh yeah, last week. Patreon will learn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, they most certainly will. Chad, what about you? Um, we were drinking on some uh, Boone oh. County. Uh, 12, oh, nice. 12 year old yeah the other day before we did a flight fight that'll be coming out friday and um we were gonna do uh one of our brackets in our 30 or excuse me 64 bourbons under 30 dollars doing it legit <laughs> yeah wow. yeah okay. 64 um but I found out I didn't have two of the bourbons <laughs> they wanted to do. Well, we had them, but they were in the uh, 200 milliliter plastic bottles. And I was like, that's not going to look good on camera. So I'm going to wait and go <laughs> go buy bottles of that. But so what we did, um, kind of looked back at the idea board that we had and some things written down. And it was entry level of each distillery. So we picked four distilleries and took their entry-level offering. So we had Four Roses. I don't guess you can call it Yellow Label anymore. So Beige just call label. it, yeah, 80 proof. Um, Evan Williams, 86 proof, the black label. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we have? Jim Beam, white label, four years. And then Wild Turkey, 81. Mm-hmm. So the entry-level of four different distilleries. I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction. Go for it. because oh, go Go ahead. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say four roses one for you. Okay. I think there's it's, it's a bit of a wild card. Well, I would have gone Jim Beam, <laughs> but I'm just something saying four roses. Same for Sarah, or do you think she picked different? Oh one? no, I think she picked the the Jim Beam. Okay, well, I think there was a role reversal this time around. You'll just have to wait and see. And that I will. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube.com/slash/it's bourbon night. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I've been drinking. What have you yeah. been drinking? I picked up the other day two different Russell's picks. Uh, one from Whiskey Bear out at the Summit, mm-hmm. uh, which was really good. Our buddy CJ and mm-hmm. um, some folks from Lexington Bourbon Society were on that pick. And then I also got one from Unlimited Spirit that is from Camp Nelson. And it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really, really good. Not to say that the Whiskey Bear one isn't, but this one, like I opened it and I was just immediately something special is that the one where they uh donate the camp nelson is that where they donate to a fund does it have like a big red uh you know i don't know okay i'll have to look into that a little bit more because we we have one of those but i can't remember if it was camp nelson or not but that sounds Hmm. so familiar are you talking about the pick that adam terry brought you yes i i think that you maybe merging two different I might be. things. It could very well be from Camp Nelson, but I think that particular pick, they donated something they did, to yeah. somebody. They did. <laughs> a <little laughs> nebulous conversation. Yeah. There was a guy and a thing, and they did the one, but, you know. Anyway. Yeah. All right, just different synapses <laughs> firing there. 
Anyway, the Russell's been really good. I did something kind of fun the other night, though. Um, after a, a fun drinking day at Keeneland in 45-degree weather outside all day long, which was great. It really was a good time. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. Um, later on, went over to my father-in-law's house and figured, you know, this is as good a day as any. So I brought over the rest of my 2017 WLW, and we killed it. Wow. Whew. Yeah. So... It was a, it was a special night of, of drinking and had a good little flight for them too and yeah yeah it's not bad kill with some yeah. good people mm-hmm. yeah, exactly and you know it it had gotten to the point where I was going well someday or you know eventually and mm-hmm. I was like and then you remember the words of Freddie Johnson there's and, always more good bourbon and you uh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it's exactly what he said. <laughs> Go watch Neat. <laughs> he said some words that make you feel some things. Don't ask me to remember what he said, but he said them. And that I know. All right. Thank you, Chad. Back to the studio. All right. Back to you, Bill. So like I said, this episode's going to be us talking about the the journey or the progression towards drinking barrel-proof bourbon. And I figured that we would literally take a journey towards a barrel-proof bourbon. Not literally, but as we drink. <laughs> each oh, each so, bourbon's so going to... So not literally. Literally, bourbon. we are taking a journey. We're leaving this room. We're walking downstairs. I was really hoping you were going to take us on a pick or something. I know. It's like, <laughs> behind that door is actually a It's actually Freddie Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> what if he just rolled out, like, four barrels of Blanton's? I mean, I'm not going to complain. One no, can dream. would not. Anyway, we're not literally going on a journey. Figuratively. Figuratively. It's we're gonna... metaphorical. <laughs> this is not a cigarette. Uh, we're going to go step by step all the way up to uh, Barrel Proof Bourbon, which is going to be our review uh, in Stag Jr., which I didn't realize we had never done a review of on the show before, but I figured it was as good a time as any. Um, but we got good stuff planned for it. So... The next part that we're having is Bullet Bourbon, just the regular 90-proof offering. And this was, for me, kind of my stepping stone into tasting other stuff. And, um, you know, this was what I called for a long time my everyday bourbon. And really what I kind of preferred before I tried that wonderful, wonderful Four Roses OBSO pick at OBC. And then the entire world opened up to me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. no, odd that this is also Four Roses. Well, yeah. Or maybe not odd. I think my opener, kind of like the 90 proof range, was uh, Elijah Craig. Mm. That's what got recommended mm-hmm. to me when I went to Liquor Barn in Louisville when I was traveling around, and they said take that home and try it. And uh, I was still mixing it with Coke when I first got it. Um, started drinking it on its own and kind of launched me into bigger and better yeah. things after that. I guess I'm trying to think of what my uh what is Woodford, ninety proof? Yeah. It was probably Woodford. Um Yeah, or like Jefferson's small batch, which is mm, ninety wow. and some little bit of like a point something. It's like ninety point three five or something yeah, so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Ninety point two, I think, but I don't know. Yeah. Don't quote me. Um just because of the bottle shape. Yeah. You know, that's why I bought it. <laughs> um but yeah that was 
and then I want to say I had a uh, I had a Russell's bottle because I remember it had like the faux wood on the sticker. Remember that those yeah. old bottles? Oh yeah, yeah. I had one of those, but I, I don't think it was the Reserve. No, not that one. The one this before one? it. Yeah, the so not the single barrel. The uh, just the regular Russell's Reserve. Um, mm. Oh okay. Uh, small batch, I guess. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. The ten year old. Mm-hmm. The ten year old. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I can't entirely remember where i went after bullet i think that it was a little bit elijah craig i think that's when i really started dipping my toes into it and i think once i found out what bottled and bond was i think that might have been the highest proof that i ever really had but there there was a long period of time where i was really just kind of drinking 90 proof bourbons and Mostly Bullet. I think I might have dipped my toe a little bit into Buffalo Trace as well. Mm-hmm. Just because it was about the same price point and, you know, at the time pretty readily available. I mean, it's it went through that period where you couldn't find it anywhere and now you can again, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I was so dead set on Bullet for probably a good two years. And then... I think it really was once I tried Heaven Hill Bottom and Bond for the first time, the world just opened up to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that Bottom and Bonds are a really good way of being uh, of taking that next step or diving into yeah. higher proof yeah. products. Yeah. And you know, if if I were to do it all again, Turkey One Hundred and One might have been in that that game too. That being said, I mean, that's based on how my palate is now and the little journey that I took finding that. Yeah, exactly. I think my, um, in the bottled and bond area, was more like Henry McKenna and E.H. Taylor small batch. Mm. When I found out small batch, I was like, oh. (laughs) And and that's why I have like a case now (laughs) from just getting them over the years. Um, I thought I'd be drinking it a lot more often than I am, but <laughs> so I've kind of accumulated, but, um, and they're probably like 2015 bottles. Ooh, or that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like I remember they, they kind of changed the hue of the bottle from like, yes, they did. Or the texture of the, of the sticker. Um, it's, it's supposed, I think it's what it is, is that it's more like red now than it used to be. Like it used to be a little bit more orange. Yes. I think. I can't remember for sure. But yeah, yeah, one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The the one that's hanging up on the set that I made into a light was the mm. first bottle of small batch E.H. Taylor I ever had. And it was it was that different color, and even the texture of the label was different. I don't know. Yeah. Weird. I'd have to actually do it. Hold them side by Hold side. Hold them. <laughs> yeah. And Swan just went from zero to 60, so. Yeah, I went straight to Elijah Craig Barrel Proof <laughs> after that. I did go back and kind of do the natural progression, but I got a bottle that was way out of my league. <laughs> you know what? I, I go back and I think about that. I think I've talked about this on the show before, too. You gave me that bottle. And I was like, what, half of it left? Mm-hmm. And you were like, I just, I just can't do it, man. It's just not in my wheelhouse. This was in, like... 2014, 2015, something like that. Yeah. So it would have been one of the first few releases of Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. It was the 136 release. So it was the one directly after mm. the 139. 139.4. Yeah. yeah. I think I have both of those actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
So I, I kick myself just a little bit, going, I wish he had saved some of that. Yeah. But this was in the day when, you know, I wasn't buying as much bourbon as I am now, and mm-hmm. I didn't have the... You didn't know. Exactly. And I yeah. didn't have the plethora of options that I do. Sure. Sitting behind me. Right. Um, well, you're lucky on the Elijah Craig, just like the regular 94 proof Elijah Craig, because... I had a bad experience with it in the fact that my first purchase of that was a pick yeah. that I didn't realize was a pick. Yeah. And I thought I didn't like Elijah Craig, the brand, for years. Actually, until probably I started the channel and had to try oh, it. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, I just I was like, nah. No. Either I forgot that it was a pick or I didn't realize it was a pick. It didn't have like a, didn't know. a big sticker or anything on it. I think it was just like the neck tag or something. Um, and I was like, oh, this stuff is nasty. <laughs> It was just a really bad pick. Yeah. Those happen from time to time, it, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about the bullet? It's solid. I, I Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's pretty good. I almost get, like, a slight sour quality to it that I'm not a huge mm. fan on of it. But uh, other than that, everything's pretty good. I think I like the high rye in it. I didn't find the, the sour note that you did. It might just be me, because I... I went back to Bullet after my dip with Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, and I had a lot of it, and uh, just kind of, I don't know. I mixed it more with Coke than I did anything else. So when I first started having it, you know, just (laughs) regular, I guess I wasn't prepared for the taste or maybe didn't like it as much as what I had previously. Sure. I, I can understand why I went to this as a daily drinker for so long. You know what I mean? Yeah, for the price point, it's really solid. Yeah, there's really nothing overly like bad or, or noticeable about it that makes me go, I don't, I don't want to drink that. It's just kind of average. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. gently average. Yeah, and I didn't do too much exploring with the rest of their lineup. Like I didn't have the rye I'd, um, for a long time, and I didn't have the ten year for a long time, and then the cast strength after trying anything over 110 and thinking i can't do this perry please take this bottle (laughs) i didn't get that for a long time so i just had the original uh when i started going back well the rye is another story that's a 95 percent rye that 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 takes some easing into if you're not used to it (laughs) so speaking of high rye rise Mm -hmm. i didn't realize that new riff rye is technically 100 percent rye yeah i thought it was just a 95 percent and that the other 5% was the malted barley. Mm-hmm. It's malted rye that they use. Yeah. So I've been saying for a couple of months that it's a 95% rye, and I well, apologize. Well, it's a 95.5, <laughs> but they're both rye. <laughs> well, yeah. It, it, so it's technically a 100 proof. Yeah, 100, 100% proof. rye, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still technically 100 proof. I mean, you got that right. It is 100 proof. It, it is bottle and bond, yeah. Yes, but mm-hmm. it is 100% rye. 100%, 100 proof. <laughs> Where do you guys want to go next? Uh, actually, I don't know why I'm asking you that, because I know where we're going next. <laughs> I think we want to go with where you want to go next. Well, we are going to go... Door number three, please. That yeah. It's Weller 107. It's Weller Antique. <laughs> mm-hmm. This was one of those... For a long time, I was like... You know, we were hunting for it and going... Like, it's the unattainable one. We, we got into bourbon right at that point where Weller became impossible to find. And I still think that this is maybe the best expression of Weller, aside from the, you know, the antique collection. Yeah. 
yeah, I tend to gravitate towards this over the 12. And uh, I found actually a couple bottles of the 12 before I found the 107. Yeah. It took wow. me a while. And then once I did find some of the 107, I found quite a bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, go to Texas, apparently. Yeah, no kidding. It's just all over Texas. We, I mean, we found one bottle when we were in Texas, <laughs> and we went to two liquor stores. But it's not like it was just sitting on the shelf. He was like, oh, you guys like bourbon? I have some Weller 107 in the back. Would you like a bottle? It's like, yeah. You know, twenty seven ninety nine. Put it in the suitcase. I haven't had a really good 107 pick in a while. I haven't had a whole lot of picks, so I do think I have some that I haven't opened. Yeah, I have. I actually have more picks than I do just the standard offering. Mm-hmm. And they've all just kind of been all right. Oh, man, this one is a lot of just like baking, a certain type of baking spice. I don't know what it is. It really is. It stings it? the nostrils. I mean, yeah. I'm saying it in a bad way, but it is pungent in this Glengarren. It's almost like a spicy gingerbread type thing. I've never smelled. With some lemon zest. Yeah. I've never smelled 107 like this before. Yeah. It's all always been kind of Man, sugary and and like bready and and this is just so not like that. it's it's almost like if a bourbon could increase in proof in the bottle like if it was to get uh-huh. low in the bottle and and it's almost like this one has kicked up yeah which it doesn't <laughs> it can't <laughs> but it you know it has that feeling. Just a teeny tiny little bit of like mint on there too. Just barely on the very back of the nose. That's good. It is good. Kind of short though. But good. I'm getting that winter mint on the finish. Yeah, and I'm not really getting a whole lot of what we were finding on the nose on the palate either. But you know, how how different is this from that beam? 86 proof that we had at the beginning. Extremely. I'm finding very similar qualities. Really? In the finish. I'm not. In I'm that not like spice that. level. You know? I will say I just, I got a very specific corn pudding <laughs> note as well on there. I mean, this one has no nuttiness in it, but I'm just like the, the aftertaste of like just the, the, the proof of it all. I think is kind of similar. The the beam tasted higher. This one might taste a little bit lower. The proof of it all, the proof of it all would be a really good name for a bourbon book. The proof of it all. Yeah, <laughs> I get that a little bit. Just being the, like the weeder nature of it, it's a little different. But uh-huh. I mean, it also kind of mellows it out a little bit. Where the beam we kind of talked about it kind of ramps it up a little bit from the proof. Right. So, it, I mean, it's not super far off. It does have kind of like a different. Uh, palette completely but the finish yeah you're mm-hmm. right it's, it's closer than what we had the bullet they're not so different those two <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting some more of a uh of a hug mm. too on the on the side oh i'm sorry should i let you go oh, sorry <laughs> i get a little handsy when i drink <laughs> it's an audio medium perry they, they can't see they don't know what's going on well now they know though chad <laughs> So this, for me, was not just an introduction to some higher proof stuff, but also, you know, aside from maybe Weller Special Reserve and Makers, a really interesting and different introduction to the world of weeded bourbons Mm -hmm. as well. And kind of like 
maybe the gold standard for what a weeded bourbon could be like. And I was always under the impression that, you know, it was just all going to take like maker, taste like makers rather, or maybe a little bit of larceny in there too. But this is what I expect and kind of hope for from a weeded bourbon Mm -hmm. in that it's, it may, you know, have some of those sweeter qualities to it, but the barrel is really helping it out bringing out those darker notes as well. And I think that the higher proof is really where this shines through as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think that's why a lot of times we prefer this over the 12 years because of that, you know, Mm -hmm. 17 points difference in proof. Have we done those blind yet, Swan? Uh, What's that? Which ones? The three wellers. I have done them personally, but I don't think we've done them on the show. Um, And I ended up picking a weller 12 out of a blind, but I, typically mm-hmm. prefer the 107 i think it's just because i've had a little more variance in it with the picks yeah because i've had three or four of those and i think some of the picks i've preferred over 12 and the standard offering maybe not do you still do you had that really cool like lazy susan method of blind tastings okay yeah i have a spice rack that i take all the spices off of and then i basically put like four or five Glencairns with a piece of paper underneath it and then just put a through e or whatever yeah and I uh, fill it with bourbon, and I'm like, well, I don't have any friends here to mix it up for me, so I'll just put on a Lady Susan, turn it around a few times, and then come back and try it. And uh, I did that for a little bit. First one I did that with was uh, Old Granddad Bottled and Bond versus Wild Turkey 101. And that's when I immediately picked up that Turkey 101's got it, got it down in that category. Oh, for sure. So do you have like, so say you have six Glencairns, or three with Granddad and three with Turkey 101? Uh, I usually just did one pour on each, but when I first started, I had a lot of like kind of what you were talking about with your episode you're doing this Friday. I had like initial releases from each one, trying it because everyone at the time when when you first started drinking, you can't tell what a profile necessarily is. You mm-hmm. just everything's got heat to it, and, right? Um, and then that was my way of like defining a profile, figuring out kind of what I liked. Um, and at first, I really liked Willet. And I started going between Noah's Mill, Rounds Creek, a couple of different ones like that, the Johnny Drum. And uh, now it's not necessarily my favorite, but no, at the time well, it was. I don't think that's, I mean, it could be your palate, but I also think some things have changed there at that distillery. We Just, talked about this yeah, before, no, too. It's, I, think it's, I think it's scientifically proven now. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> one, well, uh, one thing I want to say was I actually heard that the distillery says the correct pronunciation is Rowan's Creek, Rowan's which is Creek. not like the county. Really? Here in Kentucky. It's Rowan <laughs> County, but they say, no, it's Rowan's Creek. And I'm like, I don't know about that. We have a lot of conversations with you about pronunciations of bourbons. Well. Basil or Basil Hayden. Yeah. I don't know. It just, Rowan or Rowan. It interests me. <laughs> what can I say? I mean, you don't want to get somebody's name wrong. You definitely don't want to get the name of a bourbon That's wrong, true. especially if it's named after somebody. That's exactly. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, just saying. No, it's cool. I like that Lazy Susan method. Yeah, it was because um, at the time I didn't have a whole lot of people that were close by that drink bourbon. Yeah. Still, still really don't. So it was just an easy way to kind of blind yourself mm-hmm. for, what, seven bucks, however much yeah. those little Lazy Susans are. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Well, thanks for coming to my house, Swan. Yeah, now you can do it for me. It's great. I mean, friends, guys. <laughs> we haven't done a blind episode in a long time. Yeah, we need to we need to do that. I mean, we do one at the beginning of every episode. Well, yeah, but I mean like a flight. Yeah. 
We need to get a bunch of the Elijah Craigs together and do that. <laughs> the barrel proofs? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Talk about an episode where we get silly. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll Bear Bear would get silly. <laughs> I'll need to take a day off or recover <laughs> on your couch. Well, you know, you don't have to do a peri pour every time. I don't do a peri pour every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just on accident. If you say so. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we'll measure it all out. It'll always be one or two ounce pours. How about that? Whoa. Chad? Two, two ounce pours? So you're talking about six ounces of barrel-proof bourbon? Yeah. In a... Okay. Oh, y'all do you. <laughs> have y'all not done that that yet at all on It's Bourbon Night? No, we have. I thought you had. But we normally do between half ounce and an ounce. Oh, all right. So I'm just... I'm just an idiot. You're doing a peri pour. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I will a lot admit, of bourbon there, some, champ. Sometimes when it's you know really comes down to it, and you keep A B testing back and forth, back and forth, you're like Ugh, I need I need some more. And there have yeah. been a couple flight fights where I have asked Sarah to you know go go pour some more for me if I was still trying to figure it out. But generally, I can you know I can space it out to where that that doesn't happen. Does that still work with your new method though? Because you guys are kind of doing it. Not double blind, but... Well, she would have to already have her results. Like, we couldn't both go oh, get more. okay. So, she has made her results. She can go, you know, pour some more for me. But yeah. But we couldn't both, you know, go get some. It took me a long time to figure out how your new method worked. <laughs> I mean, like, I was really struggling with... This just doesn't make... It, but how does one of them not know what the... But it just doesn't make any sense to me. And, like, it finally clicked one day, like... The way that you organize it, and I was like, okay, yep. I'm telling you, man, get you a spice rack. It's easy. <laughs> Spin that thing like a turntable. You're good to go. It's, then you've got bourbon glasses flying yeah. all over the room. Yeah, you might I mean, want to drill some recess holes in there to put the Glencairns in. Oh no, I live on the edge. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spin that thing. And so does your bourbon. Yeah. On the edge of a lazy Susan. What? <laughs> it was very that's, slow. It wasn't like <laughs> that's some edge that you're living on there. So. Yeah. <laughs> Now, what you could do is uh, Amazon, get a Christmas tree rotator, you know, Christmas tree turner, mm-hmm. and attach your Lazy Susan to it, set it, go watch an episode of The Office or whatever, come back, you have no idea, because it really spins slowly. But, you know, if you go off and do something, come back, then the, the bourbon is opened up in the glass, the Christmas tree rotator <laughs> has turned your bourbon so many times that you have no idea where it is. And it would look cool, too. I, I actually really love that idea. The only drawback I could see is that at the end, like, by the time you get back to it, you're like, well, I'm so comfortable on the couch watching something. And <laughs> you're like, oh, I guess I'll get up. And we'll just do it something. on the coffee table and oh, okay. just zone <laughs> out, zone into the to the show. I'm just trying to find out where I get a Christmas tree turner in, like, almost May. Amazon Prime, baby. There you go. Throw that on the, uh, the Amazon Influencer Oh, page. for sure. <laughs> Here's a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. Actually, one was featured in the um, Five Things You Didn't Know About Blanton's episode. When you see the bottle turning, that is a Christmas tree. Really? I don't know what you properly call it. Rotator? A spinner. Christmas tree? Rotator? Spinner? Whatever. But yeah. <laughs> one of those. Secrets of the Trade. Mm-hmm. With Chad Perkins. There you go. A new podcast coming to you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Let's try something else, shall we? Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. How about this uh, This Russell's that I talked up so much? Yeah. Just a second ago. Mm-hmm. 
from old uh, Camp Nelson. You said you had a, when you first got your Elijah Craig pick, you had one you didn't like? Correct. This was the same for me. Ooh. I had a mm. bad one of these when I first got um, into bourbon, and I didn't buy them for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think for everyone else coming up in bourbon, never let your first expression of a brand be a pick. Get the regular off the shelf first, and then branch out into a pick. Well, you know what's funny about that? Is on this note, I had the Russell Small Batch, or the 10-year or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Just straight up did not like it. Mm-hmm. And so I, for a long time, said, oh, I just don't like Russell's. Having never had a single barrel of it. Right. Well, I mean, it's a big investment. It's $50, $55, you know, depending That's on true. where you and get it. true, can be even more than that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think I kind of convinced myself, too, when I got that pick that I didn't like, that I always liked the Wild Turkey 101 the rare breed expressions uh-huh. more than more than these well i didn't know for a long time that they were the same distillery or the same distillery yeah because mm-hmm. i mean they're not branded the same no and i don't know if it actually says wild turkey anywhere on here either no, it I mean, probably says from the russell's oh distillery. here it is distilled and bottled by the wild turkey distilling company oh it does but i mean that's hmm. just me not paying attention so unlike you know buffalo trace where oh this is distilled at the pappy van winkle distillery or mm-hmm. this is still the blanton's distillery or this is still that the yeah. i think some of them the they do age distillery yeah they changed it i think some of them now like i think maybe evil rare says at buffalo trace distillery i can't I remember so. does it yeah i still don't have a bottle of this at home i never have these unless i go somewhere and somebody's got one wow well. Well, then you still don't have it. Yeah. It's not yours. You yeah. don't own this right now. I own the small bit that's in this glass. I mean, <laughs> okay. I don't want that pour. That's all you used to want. You can keep that pour until right. it's recycled later. I will say, this is one of my favorite Russell's picks I've ever had. Then say it. I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's an interesting nose. The, the, the thing that's really crazy about Russell's either the 10-year or the single barrel, is they typically don't smell like turkey. Like, I, yeah. I can totally see how you'd be, you would you would not connect them in your head. Um, where other places, like, oh, yep, that's a Buffalo Trace nose, or, oh, yep, that's a Jim Beam nose. You know, you can kind of get from Jim Beam to Knob Creek to Baker's to Booker's, I guess sort of Basil Hayden, but the 80 proof kind of kills it. You can be like, yep, yep, I see the through note. But with Wild Turkey and um, Russell's, it's like almost like they're two different distilleries. I think that Russell's lends itself more towards the older style of turkey. So you know how we always say that uh, there's that different profile that some older turkey has. I think that's where Russell's kind of leans towards, especially Camp Nelson barrels. Mm. I think Camp Nelson is almost notorious for having a dusty turkey quality to it. See, I don't know enough about Camp Without Nelson Warehouse K to kind of figure out what mm-hmm. which ones you know differentiate and how they differentiate. But I I do like it. I mean, it's good. I mean, it's even different than um, than rare breed. Oh, absolutely. You know. Yeah, and it's not that far off in proof. No. And really, in some cases, age too. I right. see what you mean, though, because now that I'm thinking back, I've got that rare breed, the 375 of the 108 proof that uh-huh. they did, and it reminds me more of this than the 116 yeah. they're putting out now. 
So I guess a little bit of that funk is, you know, at Camp Nelson. Well, there's two different types of types of funk. There's reggae. There's no, <laughs> I don't know. Um, reggae probably isn't even reggae's funk at all. Funk. Yeah, I, 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 I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> I panicked and said, "Just say a genre of music, Chad. It'll be funny. I promise like you." Like a, 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 a punk music. Yeah. Like, oh, dang it, they rhyme. Like samba. <laughs> Got it. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, two different types of funk. Like there's the this was made in an era where they didn't have to clean out their pipes type of funk. You know, 80s, right. 70s. Um, and then there's someone picked this barrel because it's so different from the normal taste, which can be bad, yes, but can work sometimes. Does this work for you? It works for me. I think it's very heavy on the barrel. It tastes very charred. Yeah, I, I didn't ask when I picked this up, but I imagine this is probably close to bottle-proof you know, or was close to it when it came out of the barrel. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised because turkey, even just straight out of the barrel, is pretty notorious for being like low one tens. Yeah, I mean, look at rare breed. Those yeah. are those are barrel proofs, and they're you know one hundred eight, one sixteen. I think is like one of the higher ones recently, right? Yeah, that is the highest one. Yeah, I mean, I remember talking going back to your point where you said it was very barrel heavy. I get to try your pick. The Warehouse Delicious. Oh, yeah. And I got to try the 2002 really close to each other. I liked your picked better yeah. because it's just so barrel heavy on the 2002, and that's one of their premium releases. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody that's looking for an ultra-aged, just hit me over the face with an oak stave kind of bourbon. Pappy 23 or any 23 yeah. aged, really. <laughs> yeah, and that just wasn't it, – it wasn't my thing. So I guess the the picks were more – Mm-hmm. You know where I want to land as far yeah. as oakiness because it's got a lot. This almost drinks, and even almost in the viscosity, is like molasses. It mm-hmm. it tastes like you're drinking yeah. a, you know, kind of watered down molasses. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but it it, it tastes thick, and it's got a lot of those dark, mm-hmm. deep notes that you kind of get in like a molasses or like a sorghum. You guys ever had sorghum? It's like you know you have that sugar, that sweetness type of. I've not had it straight but stuff I've in there. Yeah. <laughs> you ever had L eight? straight out of the warehouse before it gets water added to it because i have wait have you really yes oh my gosh yes what's the, it like well for those who might not know who don't live around here l8 is a ginger ale soft drink that's made in winchester kentucky and it's fabulous yeah it's affectionately known as kentucky swamp water and um yeah i was i was doing a video for this uh, internet company and they were doing a tour of l8 and so I was going along with these other people on the tour, and I think it was Fielding, Fielding Rogers, who's like a third generation in the family. And he was like, does he want to try the syrup straight out before it gets diluted? And I was, like, no one was raising their hand. So I was like, well, I'll do it. I'm the video guy, but I'll do it. And he's like, this is the, it's the equivalent of drinking about six ALAs at once. Holy <laughs> crap. And oh I was like, gosh. bottoms up. <laughs> and I had it. And then it set in. I was like, (laughs) my heart started beating faster. And I was like, am I talking loud? Am I talking loud? Am I I talking loud? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was intense. But was it good, though? Oh, yeah. Okay. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. (laughs) Just replace, like, when you make cocktails, use that as the simple syrup instead. Just Just straight L8 syrup. Yep. Oh, man. But you're doing it from a dropper. It's yeah, like three drops, like yeah. bitters. 
Yeah. Exactly. Mm. No, it's good. It's it it, it has a um, exceptional mouthfeel <laughs> on it. It's really all over the tongue. I'm gonna Photoshop uh, your face onto that that guy. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Trying to get that trending. Exceptional mouthfeel. So I can make some T-shirts. Um, You're gonna eventually. I'm sure. I think so. I hope so. There was a point where I, you know, I didn't want to go much higher than this proof was. Can you take me higher <laughs> to a bourbon barrel once? Aha! Sorry. And scene. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. But it works. It, it gets you there. Work. It, it gets you there. It does, yeah. And I, I think even having like a a Knob Creek single barrel at one point, I was like, this is good, but I, you know, it's just too much for me. And I don't even know if I really know the moment when I was fully convinced that I liked barrel proof. Mm. You know, I, I think that it was just kind of this gentle procession into, or progression rather. <laughs> no, it was a procession. It was a processional. Yeah, it was a processional. It was the death of my liver. No. We laid flowers. Oh, too soon. It, it went too soon. Perry's liver. It's okay, buddy. We'll get there. Hang in there. His name's Steve. Steve. Well, you know, one thing about barrel proofs is you can't really drink them all night. Or if you do, you don't, oh, have, no. a, you don't have a throat anymore. You don't have an esophagus anymore. It's, no, I've, I've, uh, I've had a couple of them and then woken up the next morning and I'm like, my voice sounds like it's. I've just been screaming at a yeah. concert all night. This is insane. <laughs> yeah, and you can get the heartburn and the oof. I mean, yeah, and I um, I've recently been smoking cigars more than I, I normally do, and I was asking Brian Allred, who's one of our listeners, you know, what's the best type of bourbon to pair with cigars? He said barrel proof. I was like. Okay, let's do it. And so I did. Any and the excuse. next day, I could not talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really good for a podcaster. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I really gotta. Welcome to this is my bourbon podcast. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna sound like the grease from now on. <laughs> the Y'all ever bad. had them crystals? <laughs> wow. Apparently, it also makes you more southern. <laughs> well, that's what he. Never mind. You drink grease, barrel proof bourbon and, and smoke cigars, and you get more southern. You know, I love you, Grease. <laughs> See, I don't even know if I could put in that effort, or I just put everything in Google Translate, and you would just have a computer talking to you. Mm, you would little... you like more bourbon? No, that's sorry. That's the guy from South Park. That's Ned. Yeah. It's like a speaking spell. Yo, yeah. Yeah. Or spelling? Speaking spell, yeah. I Why know. is it called a speaking spell if it's a spell and speak? Because you spell it first and then it speaks. We're talking about you speak first and then it spells it You are you. correct. You are correct. I mean, I know that speaking spell rolls off the tongue better, but... Yeah, it's probably just marketing. Everything's marketing. Spell and speak. Who ever heard of such a thing? Well, that's what my children are going to hear it as. <laughs> I bet you're going to show them episode one first, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'm going to show it in machete order. Yeah. Is that the one where you just don't even show episode two? No, you go one, two, four, five, three, six. Mm. And then the new, the new trilogy, who cares at this point? I thought there was one where 
You didn't even show two for some reason. I forget. I want to see that Toe for Grace edit. Oh, I do of too. One, two, and three. But I don't. I, I don't know if you can find it anywhere no, online. You can't. But you can't. Only as select people have seen it. And but he like distilled all three of the prequel trilogy movies into one feature length movie. And apparently, it's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> Topher. Daggone it! I know you're listening. I'd really like to watch that. So yeah. hit us up. This He's is my awesome. bourbon shop at gmail.com. <laughs> Speaking of Knob Creek. <laughs> Who was? We were. A oh, yeah, ago. we did just a second ago. Yeah. That's right. It's, yeah. Called, it's called a podcast about bourbon. Um, this was a pick that I was on. There you go. It's a 14-year Knob Creek single barrel uh, from Liquor Barn. It's called This is for the G's. This is for the Warehouse G? Mm. Or is there just a bunch of original gangsters there on the There's pick? Just a bunch of original gangsters. Okay, that's fine. So that day we picked two bourbon barrels. The other one was called This is for the Hustlers. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> you said that like everything's right. <laughs> no, it makes sense. That's fine. You just keep telling yourself that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is something really cool to doing barrel picks and. I think that that was one of the moments, too, where I really understood and accepted and loved barrel-proof bourbons. It was the first time that I went on a pick. And, th- I mean, this was the very first time I ever went. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And, you know, being able to hold it up and seeing the little bits of char floating around in it and, mm-hmm. and just... I mean, it, we, we've both been on picks where it's just been freezing cold. Yes. But not caring because it's just such a cool experience. Well, you put your bourbon and, coat on eventually, and then well, everything's that's fine. True. Yeah, yeah. No, this is April first. Pick was pretty cold. <laughs> I think that um, kind of the wording kind of led me to barrel proof because barrel proof itself, you're like, okay, cool, it's up there or whatever. But when you hear uncut and unfiltered, mm-hmm. like some of them kind of worded, I'm like, I want to try that. That was <laughs> yeah. right out of the barrel. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think mean, that's kind of what led essentially, me to it. Yeah. And what what I really loved about that particular pick too, this is not that this is not the the hustlers one because the hustlers one, it it came out of the barrel at 121 proof, mm. and then of course was bottled at 120. Yeah. So that pick is still my favorite Knob Creek pick of all time because it was not just the fact that you know. I picked it and it was really good. But also that, you know, it was as close to a barrel proof Knob Creek as you could pretty much possibly get mm-hmm. in the market. I mean, they only added like a gallon of water to right, it. Yeah. And I think the bottle yield was like something ridiculous, like 55 bottles. I mean, almost, almost nothing. A really low barrel. Yeah. Well, because it was a 14 year and it came out at 121 proof. Mm-hmm. So naturally i mean it's going to be quite a bit lower than yeah and you know i i tried to ask brad from liquor barn who's been on the show you know could i get another bottle of this do you happen to have one around and he was like no nah, man <laughs> we don't even have one for ourselves right it's right. like oh crap yeah <laughs> mm. but anyway this came out at like 130 something i think it was like 132 or three so i mean a little bit more water was added to it but it's still 14 years old mm-hmm Oh, it's tasty. Very nutty. Mm-hmm. This one's different for me because it doesn't have that much more kick than 
even like the Weller 107 on the front of the palette, but then it gets like that building heat, and then you kind of get the 120 proof from it. I feel like with the uh, with barrel proofs, or in this case, you know, a 120, um, you can really feel it in the mouthfeel. Um, like, it's just more all over the tongue. Yeah. Like, compare this to the Weller 107, it's like, big difference, you know. Yeah, maybe totally ma- Maybe not in in heat but like the the feel you know i remember the the first time i had an Ob creek pick i mean aside from me going i'm not ready for this yet i really did like it and remembering that there was something kind of special about that and wanting to come back to it Mm -hmm. and i think i might have even had bookers before i had knob creek and i think swan you might have actually given me a sip of Booker's. I did, because I got the 2017-2, the Blue Knights batch. Yeah. I didn't like it. Mm. And I, had, at the time, was living in Lexington, and the closest store had the funniest name, so I constantly went there. But they never did any picks, so I always got the Knob Creek 9-year, just the regular yeah. shenanigans. Oh, yeah. shenanigans. I know. I always yeah. went back to... Yeah. When did you live in Lexington? I lived there for like eight months. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, well, not a great place, but it was, it was Lexington. <laughs> it's on Red Mile. Um, oh, yeah. okay, yep. And uh, it it was it was pretty good. Like the nine year, I liked it a lot better than the Booker's that I had, which I just attributed that initially to the age because I think the Blue Knights batch was only like around seven years, and yeah. this yeah. was nine. So mm-hmm. I just thought it would be, it was better in general. And uh, there is still some picks of Knob Creek that I prefer over certain batches of Booker's. I totally agree. Not all of them. I mean, like your 30th, I've yet to have a Knob Creek get close to it. Right. But uh, some of like the 2017-2, I got to try the new 2019. Mm-hmm. I like some of the, the Knob Creek picks better. Yeah. I've not heard good things about the 2019 one. I like it. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I appreciate it. Monica said that it was terrible. Yeah, well, sorry, Monica, but we disagree on this <laughs> one. Uh, it doesn't taste like what she says. Uh, what'd she say? Turpentine or something? Sweaty something. I thought some some something that would not taste something good. you don't want. Yeah, something yeah. you would not want to drink. Yeah, I'd, um, I liked it better than they described. It just seemed like it didn't have quite the same, almost like depth. Well, yeah. I'm really looking forward to like a month from now when I have it again. I yeah. think it's because mm. uh, you know people were saying that about kitchen table. They're like, oh, I wasn't on that kitchen table thing on the neck bore, but man, a month later, wow. Like, yeah, no, Kitchen Table's the best. Man, even from the neck pour, I thought Kitchen Table was fantastic. Uh, me too. I really, really me did. Me too, yeah. 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 But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying the, what is it, Teresa's Batch? Teresa's Batch, yeah. 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 On that note as well, I did have Legion again the other day. Mm-hmm. Also, yes, I do realize that I was saying it wrong on the episode where we reviewed it. It's not Legend, it is Legion. <laughs> oh, Barry. I had it again at OBC the other night. And I don't dislike it as much as I thought I did. Okay. So, yeah. I'll also probably wanna, have more of it. I also want to say, love you, Monica. Just saying. <laughs> Disagree on this one, that's all. <laughs> uh, well, well, I can't say thanks to Booker's having the date on the bottle, at least in, you know, several recent years. I know that I started drinking Booker's in 2015. Mm. That's the first Booker's that I had. And I want to say it was oh. Oven Buster. Oh, wow. 
Or, no, I have Oven Buster, which was a 15, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the first one I had was something else. I can't remember. My favorite badge of bookers still is that one sitting right up there off your rocker. It's a good one. That's 2016-05. That's still my favorite one. Mm-hmm. I just uh, finished off uh, 2016-01 the other night. Mm-hmm. Bluegrass badge? Bluegrass sounds right. Something like that. Yeah. That was another really good one. I've been a big fan of the 2017-3. It's like the front porch batch, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Front, front porch, really front porch like is one. also really good. I think that was our favorite of that year. It was either that or Sip a While, right? Oh, it might have been Sip a While. Yeah. Because that was 04. It was Sip a While. Yeah. But close. But Both of those are so, so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the only one I bought two bottles of. And I'm not one of those that tries to collect every one from the year. Because yeah. I just know that, like, yeah. I'll try it and they're good, but they're not something I feel like I need to go out and collect. Mostly because I know I'll end up with 20 or 30 of those boxes. <laughs> Which, unless you've got but plans. But I'll take those boxes from you. I know you will. You've got plans <laughs> for those boxes. I've got an I empty do. bottle for you as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's, that, it's the bluegrass batch. Oh, sweet. So. <laughs> Nice, nice. But uh, I think right now all I've got is the little book batch one that they did, and then mm-hmm. I've got the 2017-3 bottle, um, and I'm about to finish. So another box for you. Yeah, I didn't originally. I wasn't like, yeah, I'm not going to buy every release, and then I'm like, nope, I'm too much of a Booker's fan. I have to buy, <laughs> especially since they pared them down to four a year. They were six a year. It's like okay, four I can handle. Ugh. <laughs> so on that note, <clears throat> this is a little bit off topic. But, I mean, not like this entire episode hasn't been off topic, but still. Everybody was complaining about the fact that the bookers raised their prices. Jim Beam raised the price on bookers. Right. But they knocked down from six releases a year to four releases, like you just said. Mm -hmm. So, doesn't that warrant a bit of a price hike? Well, I think it was a long time coming, and they could have incrementally increased it, and probably no one would have noticed it hardly i think it was that rumor that it was going from essentially fifty dollars to a hundred dollars and it never went to a hundred oh yeah it was like 70 i don't know what the msrp is but i think when people heard that they were doubling the price they were like oh yeah. no i'm done ban but you know boycott bookers or whatever. isn't msrp like 65 it might be yeah 65 something around that know. something around that area but i think <laughs> the price increase was long overdue and is warranted i mean it's a hell of a bourbon i mean i can't can't be mad at it you look at other people like buffalo trace who are like okay we can't skyrocket special reserve or 107 or 12 year but we can come out with new ones like cypb and foolproof and charge double for those because they're new expressions that's okay you know it's like everyone does it in their own way and Booker's just, or Jim Beam just said, okay, well, we have to raise this $15. See, and I was pretty new when they were talking about the price hike as far as like being into bourbon. I think what got me is I didn't realize that they were blended. So when mm-hmm. I was going from yeah, the progression, I just looked at it and I'm like, it's a six year and however many months. And then there's like a, you know, there's a six year over here, Heaven Hill Bottom and Bonds. And it's for $12. $12 and yeah. I'm like, why on earth would I pay for this? 
I was like, why, why would they ever raise the price? Then you try it, and you're like, it's got oh, so much more. Yeah. Um, that is such an interesting argument that I have really never considered. Yeah, so when I when I brought my first one, the Blue Knights Bash, even though I didn't like it, you start taking it out of the box, and instead of just seeing 2017-2 and then the proof and all this stuff and the cool little picture and the handwritten bottle, you get the little placard that's in the back of it that says... Mm-hmm. Pulled from this warehouse and this yeah. warehouse and blended in this percentage. And you're like, oh, time went into this. Time. That's why they're charging for it. Yeah. The, and it shows in the in the drink. Completely. The 2019-01, like, I noticed one of them said 1% came from this <laughs> this wow. level of this. Like, 1%? Yeah. That's wild. Crazy. <clears throat> crazy stuff. Yeah. And and it's the, the fact that the amount of time was put into it, too, just... Yeah. I, I can't even wrap my head around how you get, you know, that number. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's 1%. It's like, mm, I'm not quite there. It needs uh, 1% <laughs> of this bourbon from this level of this warehouse. Boop. Yep, there it is. And is that a what? little bit from a couple barrels? Is that one barrel? Is that half the warehouse? Who I knows? Mean, yeah. Who knows? I mean, I don't care. The bourbon's good. Yeah. So... No, it is definitely good, and then like I'm glad that they, whoever's doing the the blending and the you know making sure it's where it needs to be, they're okay with taking risks as much as it like saying mm. it's only a six year, but it tastes so much more than that because they they just did it with the thirtieth. I mean, it was mm-hmm. going to be a full what was it sixteen, mm-hmm. and then they were like, well, no, it tastes better if we blend it with a nine. Yep. And everybody was like, I don't know about that. We were promised a 16-year-old bourbon, and then we tried it, and we're like, they made the right decision. Yeah, the line share was a six-year. Or, sorry, nine-year. Yeah. And then the rest was at 16. But so, I mean, they're... Fine by me, because, yeah. wow. Well, I, I think, too, that it says on a bottle of Booker's that Jim Beam himself preferred bourbon anywhere from six to eight years. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that... You know, they're going with what's available to them. They're basing it on tradition. Yeah. I mean, you pull it from the center cut of the warehouse. I mean, that's where the, that's, well, that's yeah. the sweet spot, you know? I mean, who cares if it's six, seven years? If it, you know, okay, you can drink a 23, but it's been sitting on the first floor of the warehouse for 23 years, you know? And it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, put it a few levels up and put it in the center cut of the warehouse and give me that in seven years. I'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the progression thing has to go back to just learning about bourbon too. Like you've got to figure out mm-hmm. what different things mean to the wording on each bottle. And the fact that a 10 year Henry McKenna at 30 bucks may not be just as good as a batch yeah. of bookers that just came out for half the price that you'd think it would be, but it's definitely not. Right. And I I think that we're also kind of learning, too. I mean, I don't feel like I know everything about bourbon. I definitely don't. And, you know, it, if if something should come along that is just as good, if not better than, say, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, then, yeah, I might go for that a little bit more than I would the Elijah Craig. Not, not, not that I don't still love it, but there's still this opportunity for me to... And for us, collectively, as bourbon drinkers, to try something else that comes along. I mean, we've never had Castle and Key bourbon. Right. Looking forward to it. But there's still that opportunity for that to overtake something like Elijah Craig Barrel Proof or Turkey 101 Mm -hmm. or, you know, those things that we kind of put on those pedestals as 
some of our favorite products. Yeah. Now it's going to be hard to do it because to unseat it, not only does that taste better, it has to have as good or a better price. Yes, absolutely. Which new products, that is a difficult area to get into. Yeah. And Perry just did it not too long ago. A couple, probably a couple months ago, you, you took the Boone County and tried it and said, I prefer this over Blanton's. And there's yeah. people mm. that would just lose their mind <laughs> over that because Boone County's been sitting behind their local liquor store counter for six months and nobody's touched it. And it's MGP. And there's 20 or 30 people lining up every truck day for, you know, Blanton's. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I stand by that too. Yeah. I so, really do. I mean, it. it's not... It's not unheard of for it to happen. It may not happen too much, and a lot of it's probably marketing and availability and price. Sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, but you know, I think I don't know. I don't want to generalize, but I feel like the people who are waiting for that bottle of Blanton's might not be drinking barrel proofs. You know, they like that ninety-three proof smooth bottle of Blanton's. All the power to them. And yeah, good, good on them. Some people are fine with finding a label that they like and just sticking with it for the rest of their drinking career, which is completely fine. But others want to keep trying new things and branching out and discovering, you know, they want to keep finding their new favorite bourbon. Yeah. And I mean, there's a, there's a reason why we're all sitting here having this conversation and not taking slugs off of a handle of Jim Beam or Old Crow Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not not that there's anything wrong with that. Hey, Okra Reserve is my jam. <laughs> but we're we're looking at how to become better bourbon drinkers or more informed bourbon drinkers, and we, there's a, a subsection of that culture that I think we fall into where we're trying to learn more about it. Mm-hmm. So. Speaking of drinking bourbon. Would you like some more bourbon? Yeah. Okay. Well, how yeah. about this uh, kind of in line with uh, what we've been talking about? This Elijah Craig barrel proof. Elijah a- Craig? A119. Elijah Craig. We all know about the Elijah yet. Craig. You've not had it yet. Not yet. Swan, I want to tell you something. This is reminiscent of old bottles of Elijah Craig barrel proof. So I think that um, where you might have missed out last time, Oh, I didn't miss out. I mixed that with Coke the whole time. It was <laughs> Wait, you mixed Elijah Craig Barrel Proof with Coke? Uh, after taking the first sip and making the jump from 80 proofers, uh, I took the first sip and about choked to death, and then I mixed it with Coke. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to do something because you're not going to like pour it down the drain. You're going to drink it, and if that means mixing it with Coke, hey. Swan, you didn't pour any of that down the drain, did you? No. Okay. No, no. No, People who I see do that are just like, what are you doing? You're not, <laughs> think, take, you're not putting in the effort. I think there's only been one bottle that I've ever done that with, and it was just, it was, it was bad. It deserved to go down the drain. Man, oh, it's pungent. It's Ooh. quite hot on the nose. I mean, it's 135 proof. Of course, it's going to have a little bit more kick to it. But again, you know, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have been able to approach this the way that I do now and be able to find something in it that is not just the heat. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, there's a lot of heat, but there's also this really nice milk chocolate note to it that I keep coming back to. It's kind of almost like a, I think I said this before, it's like a Hershey's. Or no, excuse me, not a Hershey's, a Tootsie Roll. 
Oh, yeah, I can get a Tootsie Roll on it. Yeah. I was going to say it's more like a, a spiced fruit. Like I see a, that, too. A cooked, like, spicy, I don't know what exactly type of fruit. Apple. Apple or a pear, yeah. It's yeah. kind of, um, you know, like the, the dessert type of yeah, absolutely. Co- cooked fruit. See, I'm getting, like, those red hots. Uh, well, yeah, it's definitely got some cinnamon on oh, there. Oh, it definitely does. For yeah. sure. I don't know if it's specifically red hots, but I can I, I can for sure see some uh, some cinnamon on there. Yeah, you can't yeah, breathe too get, deep on that. No, <laughs> I've done that before and just immediately started coughing. Oh, he did that on the last live stream. And I did. Was, we were out for like thirty seconds. <laughs> if you ever uh, stuck your head uh, on a tour in the uh, in the the fermenter when all that um, mm. stuff Mm-mm. is. Yeah, they they like warn you like don't take too deep of a breath because it will knock you on your ass. And I went in there and I'm like, like oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> hey, man. It's like, you know, like Beetlejuice noise. You're the reason. There's one of those signs next to it. <laughs> yeah, like you ever look at one of those signs and think somebody had to have had done to this. Coffee is hot. Coffee may may is called. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted to know, man. Well, I heard that, you know, Booker, when he would take people on tours, he would tell someone to do that just so he could laugh at them. <laughs> of course he did. Yeah. That sounds like a Booker like, thing to go do. Go ahead and stick your head in there and take a big <laughs> whiff. And then they, they would almost pass out. I'm like, yep. Then it became a health hazard and the CDC yeah. got involved and the FDA. <laughs> ah, the good old days. OSHA. And <laughs> yeah, before we cared about people. <laughs> Back when funny was funny. <laughs> hey, this has opened up a lot since I tried it on the live stream. I mean, it is definitely pungent, but there are some some things. Isn't that word? Yeah, there are some things working in there. It's a it's a ooh, it's a deep like cinnamon stick. Yeah. Ooh. It. I can't remember if I said this or not, but it's it almost drinks like a cocktail. I mean, it has the layers of flavor to it that a cocktail does. It's like a barrel-proof hot toddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you clear the sinuses up. Yeah, no, I think this will do it just by itself, yeah. I gotta be honest, I'm not as big a fan of, of like this as I am the C and the B from last year. Yeah, I'm not either. I, I, I still am not, but this I will say... It seems like off-profile. A little bit. I'm gonna put a couple drops of water in it. I think you should. I may as well as well. I may as well as well as well, in conjunction with you. Whoa, that brought out the, oof, the cinnamon. It's less red hot, so now just more like cinnamon spice, like clove cinnamon. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of that 12 you have with water in it. It does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. The rear age stated? Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's a 12 year, so I guess it's yeah, not too it far is. off. This goes back to that uh, suggestion you had for the show too, where you proofed down some uh, some barrel proof expressions and compared them to their. I've always their wanted actual... to do that. Yeah. yeah, and I have the hydrometer to do that accurately now. Just oh, a... do you really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So next episode, the three of us are on together. We'll do that because I think that'd actually be pretty. It's going to save me so much time. I was going to get a notepad and like do the math and get nah, a <laughs> Screw the math. You can uh, get online. I think there's an actual calculator for that too. Probably based on the amount of water and. Uh, you know, fluid ounces that you have. I think about twenty minutes of this mingling with the water. I think it would, it would, it would really open up. Mm. And it's still oh man, pretty dang hot. 
So with water, this reminds me more of the BNC releases from 2018. Yeah, a little bit. I ran out. Um, it's I may have put too much water in it, but it's still reminding me more of like the 12 there that you have. Kind of a little bit heat forward, but really dominant on like the dark barrel notes for mm-hmm. at least Elijah Craig. Yeah. It totally changed the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. I mean, 100% changed it from being kind of, for lack of a better word, like spiky. Yeah. Almost. Uh-huh. Where it was hitting in different places, almost like needles, to just coating the mouth a lot more. I mean, my, my tongue, I feel like I've got the, the bourbon sweater on my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might just be tongue fatigue, but I feel like I was getting more of an oily mouthfeel on the um, Knob Creek. Interesting. Yeah. I think probably just because it's a lower proof. Yeah. This one's a little too prickly, maybe. Swan, I'm sorry that you didn't like your Elijah Craig barrel proof back in the day because um, I feel like we could have had some good times with it. Oh, I had a great time. I watched a lot of Family Guy in the hotel room, uh, mixed it with Coke. <laughs> no, it was it was fine, man. Hey, I got I got to learn sometime. I mean, <laughs> it's part of it. I guess where I was like, I was you know born and raised in Frankfurt, right next to Buffalo Trace. I'll just put some hair on my chest. It's in your you know? DNA. I can do it. And then you have anything over like 110, you're like, <laughs> I'm dying. This isn't yeah, going to work. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's, it's a good learning experience because now it's nice to know that I tried it and I could not handle it. And I've progressed to the point that that's something that I, I not only like, but prefer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got back to it. Like I also had the same thing with Stag Jr. when I first had it. It took me probably two or three months before I was really capable of yeah. drinking it without thinking, this is trying to kill me. <laughs> Man, the first bottle of Stag Jr. I had, I think I actually bought off of you, Chad. Oh. And it totally knocked me out. <laughs> Do you remember um, what proof it was? Um, like 124? Oh, that's kind of like, a lower one. I think. I, I can't remember for sure. It's been, yeah. a, it's been a minute. I think my first one was the 130 flat that they had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my first one. Yep. And it was spicy. Because then I had the yes. 126.4. Um, and I, I like that one a lot better. It was a little more mellowed and seemed like it had more of a profile to it instead of just, yeah. I'm trying to strangle you. Now, stag doesn't mess around no matter what proof. Ooh. It seems to just really just be like, I am a stag. I'm going to buck. <laughs> well, speaking of stag. Yeah. Shall we get to the review? Let's do it. Well, uh, that kind of wraps it up, but I'm curious what what everybody's uh, first experience or first time that you really enjoyed Barrel Proof Bourbon was. Uh, So give us a shout. You can either head to uh, our Facebook group, which I don't think I've mentioned on the show yet. It's called This Is My Bourbon Group. And uh, we have a really fun little community and conversation going on there. Uh, Or you can hit us up on social media at My Bourbon Pod, and we would be happy to hear from you. Or... You can email us. It's mybourbonshop at gmail.com. Any of those three ways for you to reach us would be great. But we are going to move into our review now of Stag Jr., which is at a staggering hmm. 127.9 proof. Ooh, okay, I'm out. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm right behind you, Swan. <laughs> and we are actually reviewing these out of Norland glasses, too, which... Uh, Chad has decided that he's going to actually endorse. 
Well, I don't know that yet. Well, you told me that months ago. I did? Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, here's Stag Genie. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think it's still dependent upon what bourbon you're drinking out of it. I did try it with 101. There is something to that. Yeah. And, and to, to back that up, um, Lucy, my wife, is not a bourbon drinker. And she uh, had Turkey 101 out of a Northern glass and was like, I could drink this all day long. Hmm. And I, te- I think I texted you both immediately after that. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was back in October. And yeah, it was a good moment. It was. It's weird. Like with the New Orleans glasses, I feel like the sweet spot's like 100 to 120. It just really kind of mellows it out, makes it good. Anything over that, I can't tell a difference really. Anything under that, it mellows it out so much, I can't really. I was having something. It was on our... Uh... We do a, a patron-only podcast on Patreon, and oh, it was David Nicholson Reserve, which is 100 proof. Yeah. And Sarah was drinking it out of a rocks glass, and I was drinking it out of a Norlin. And I'm like, man, I thought this was this was nutty. And I thought, da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, I was like, and then I took a sip of hers out of the rocks glass. I'm like, oh, there it is. So yeah, it's strange. I, I really think it's it's very dependent upon the bourbon. It can help or hinder. Like I, I tried it with Evan Williams single barrel, and it was like just drinking water. So then I yeah. dumped it out into a rocks glass and let it sit for a couple minutes. Yeah, I got some of those classic notes you get with it. Uh-huh. I just didn't get it with the Norlin. Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. Well, the heat's really coming through on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not. I don't feel like it's coming through as much for like a Stag Junior. I mean, it's definitely still there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You're not going to not find ethanol. Yeah, it's kind of curbed it in a way that I can still enjoy what's hanging around with it. Oh, it's still l- in the taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there's something floral on the nose that I don't know if I've ever found on a stag before. It's like berries. Yeah. I always get the same thing with stag junior, and it's always like raisins. Huh. Mm. I always get raisins. And it may have just been the two bottles that I have, because I don't think I've actually had this proof. This is one of the most recent ones, right? Yeah. It's a 127.9, so I think yeah. that's the end of last year. Uh, 11? Batch 11? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. 10 or 11, I can't remember for sure. Yeah, I can see the raisins. This has something really odd to it that I can't quite figure out and it's almost like a it's a weird peanutty quality to it excuse me yeah but there's something funky about it it's like a a fruity peanut butter yeah berry are we talking about peanut butter and jelly here no not jelly (laughs) it's like trail mix there's a lot in oh, there. Oh, okay. It's a lot yeah. in there. And and like that organic peanut butter that has the oil that you have to stir. Because <laughs> mm, it has that yeah. oiliness to it. Yeah. <laughs> I like the nose going back to it now better than I did before. Yeah. But man, even in the Snorlin, it's still pungent. Yeah. You've been using that word so much. Tonight. I don't know. Is how that the new word? I don't know how else to describe it. It's, it's, Make it a shirt. We got yeah, it. It's pungent. <laughs> I don't mind it though. 
it's not pungent to the point of aggressive. Yeah. You know? It's just presenting enough to where I go, there's something really strong here. Hmm. Buried underneath it all, I get kind of a honey tea, but it's really mm-hmm. amplified. Put some water in it, smell it, see what you think now. I'm getting a lot more vanilla now. Yeah. Stag Junior has always been very hard to break down for me. It just, it's so, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's just like a really strong bourbon. I'm getting just as much ethanol though with the water, which is hmm. kind of strange. Probably needs time to mix. Uh, I put too much water in mine. Well, just add more bourbon, Perry. <laughs> oh, I'm getting much more of that honey tea note when the water's <laughs> added. And maybe that's what it is that I'm having a hard time with it because I don't drink tea. Right. I don't either, but I know the taste. Yeah. From when I've been forced to drink it because that's the only thing they have or something like that. Oh, uh, kind of like a peach tea. Like, so sometimes Sarah's favorite monster rehab is the peach tea. Mine is the tea and lemonade. But when I drink through mine and there's only one left, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll drink one of Sarah's. It kind of has that peach tea type of flavor to it. I'm definitely getting peach on the nose. It's just strange to me how, like, I always associate this with super aggressive and then you get some of those kind of, like, floral fruity notes like a to peach it. is so delicate yeah <laughs> and it, i smell stags <laughs> and uh kerosene <laughs> and uh hunting rifles i mean i don't know you don't ever expect like a bottle of deer antlers and 130 <laughs> plus proof to be inviting and friendly but when you add some water it's not too I bad smell peaches and herbs, peaches and herbs, and a little bit of uh, peaches that, and cream, uh, that bluebell ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but oh no, oh, we no. ate it all. They lost the boy and the dog. I know, oh, no. I know. Oh, they found the boy and the dog. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. I like it when he's a bee. I'm just going to go ahead and sting you. But oh no, if I do, I'm going to die. Oh well, I'm just going to go and do it anyway. <laughs> Family guy, if you don't know. If you're just like, what the hell? Yeah. I don't know how much of that's going to make it in. Okay, but that's All fine. of it, please. All, All of it. Every, every, single every last ever. drop. <laughs> Perry just about did a spit take with Stag Jr. Not recommended. Yeah, I'm t- oh, summer tea like sun, you know, sun tea. Yeah, leave it out in the sun. It's um, much more dare I say southern tasting with the water. Can I say I don't think I like it with water? You can say it. I don't. I, I will. I don't like it with water. Okay. <laughs> I don't like it as much with water either. And I've noticed we haven't talked about the finish. What do you guys think about it? Because, There's not a lot on the finish, which is strange because usually more I, on the palate. Yeah, I kind yeah. of attribute. Stag Jr. and higher proof bourbons in general to give you that Kentucky hug, the more like yes. viscous. Well, I feel like stuff. if we'd started out with this, we would have been getting that oh, hug. Yeah. But oh, the fact sure. that we have stepped up 
Um, our last one was 135. The one before that was 120. I feel like we're past the noticing Kentucky hug part. I really do. It's true. Yeah. it's We're being hugged and we don't even know it, which is how I like it. I need an adult. <laughs> <laughs> shh. Shh, Barry. Shh. It's okay. Shh. Do you guys want me to leave? Like, <laughs> no, I need you to stay. <laughs> because if if a couple years from now it it's comes all, out, it's all theater. Or... It's all theater. <laughs> it's radio theater. You know what time is for, Perry? It's time for never pulling fleshy piercings. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Oh, <laughs> oh dang. I wish I hadn't drank it all. Uh, do you want some more? Nah. All right. Probably should. Um, well, we have to actually review this bourbon. Here. Is that what happens in a review? Yes, it is. I almost said episode instead of bourbon. Um, but we have a review system of nose, palate, finish, and price. Each category is out of five. And we tally everything up for a total score out of 20. Who wants to go first? I'll go first with the nose. Okay. I gave it a three. I think the the only thing that's missing for me is one, I'm not much of a tea person. Like it, it you do get that quite a bit on the nose. Um, so that's going to be more of a personal preference, but it is, it is just hot. And I got to imagine if you had this in anything other than a New Orleans, it'd be almost too aggressive. Um, that's kind of the point though for stag junior. Cause if you have a stag, just a regular, it's supposed to be the sort of like more refined version yeah. of it and more, not and not diluted by any means, but just like the more finished product. To so, the point, yeah, I would say. Mm. And and so this being a little rough around the edges is exactly what they intended. Yeah. Um. So I think a three is right where it should land for me. I gave it a two point five. Okay. I I gave it a three. Well, it. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's no wrong answers. Barry. I'm in the minority. I just think that they're. It was good, but not great. Sure. I, I, you know, for a barrel proof bourbon, I thought that there should have been a lot more to it that I would find enjoyable and enticing and everything. And I just thought that it, it, it hit this weird middle of the road where I was like, at, at this proof, it should be better and bigger and bolder. Now, do we want to do this real quick? Okay. Do we want to either pour your remain? Well, you did you put water in it? Yes, I did. Do you want to do a tiny pour and a Glencairn and pass around yeah, just for the nose? Yeah, we probably should. Just for the nose. Yeah, we should. I like that better than the Norlin. That's really odd. Good. Just a little bit better in this than the Norlin. You get more of it. You get more of the Buffalo Trace. I almost get more of a peanut on nose. that than I did mm-hmm, with the Norlin. Mm-hmm. It's less oh. subdued. It's a little more in your face. I think I'm still going to stick with a three. I think I will too, but I would almost give it like a 3.3, but I'll just keep it at a three. I would actually bump this up to a three for sure. Thought, Yeah. Thought you might. That's really bizarre. Mm -hmm. Again, it's that, that weird science of, uh, Norlin versus Glencairn, you know, now that that's diluted. So in the Norlin. Yeah. But yeah. I want you to smell that. It's like not much, and then something. Yeah, exactly. No, totally, totally. It's yeah. It's um. I, I think that I I have to bump that up to a three then. So we're three all around. Yeah, 
I think so. It it and again, like it's not blow your socks off fantastic, but it really is a very good, well-rounded nose. Mm-hmm. And I am, am, am really surprised that trying it from the Norland glass had that kind of effect on it. And maybe it just, like Swan was saying, went in the direction of being too overpowering or too forgiving. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't know. I think I'm going to give it a three. Okay. So... So, pull. <laughs> All right. So, for the palette, I gave it a three and a half. Mm. I like the palette a lot better. Uh, mostly because if you could put water in it and you get something different. Yeah. And it kind of lends itself to different flavors. Um, it's hot, yeah. But that's what I expect from Stag Jr. I gave the palette a four. Really? Yeah. I did. I also gave it a four. Yeah, I think that the palette is really fantastic. And especially when I just took a sip from this Glencairn, I for sure give it a four. I feel like it's... I think it's coming down to a lot of my dislike Mm. for tea. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get less tea. Oh, man. On the Glencairn. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I definitely am standing by that four. Yeah. A solid four. I'm still gonna keep it where it's at. All right, that's cool. Yeah, <clears throat> it is better, but I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. No, I'll it's different. You. It's it's wildly how how different it is. Mm-hmm. No, I got you. Um, I will say my my finish score changed because of the uh, the Glencairn. There you go. Yeah. So now we're on to fleshy. Yes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so finish, I gave it 2.5. I also did. I think it's just kind of the weak point of it. Oh, I gave it a three. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I don't know. I kind of I kind of put it in the same ballpark as the nose. It was good. But, yeah. I, I just don't find anything on the finish that I'm really drawn towards. A little bit of what I like on the palette is hanging around, but it's not so much that... It really makes me want to go back for another sip. And while the, this is what I always think about is while the palette may be exceptional or good or really good, whatever. And that makes me want to go back for it. If the finish is middle of the range to lackluster, I'm like, it's, you know, I'm not being enticed into another sip of it. Mm. So I, I think that, 2.5 2.5 is really where for me that sits pretty well. I guess I went with, you know, 2.5 is half of 5. So that's a 50%. So that's an E. That's a fail. Mm. It, it didn't fail me. Uh so I gave it a I gave it a 3 um just because it it didn't fail me. It wasn't my favorite part, but it but it was I thought above what a 50% would be. See, I, the way I looked at it is like if I compare this to kitchen table at roughly the same price, I'm going to take mm. the kitchen table way more over this. Yeah. Well, agreed. Agreed. Um, and kind of warranted the score. And I think I gave the kitchen table a four and a half on, on finish. There you go. So it was it was up there. It had just like a really nice, like viscous, almost like honey finish to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked it. Yeah. I want to say before we get to the price. This is not my favorite batch of Stag Junior that we've ever had. Sure. There have been previous I'd ones where I have been over the moon about them. 
But there's something about this one that just kind of falls short. And based on all of that, I gave the price a three. The price normally goes around, what, like $65, $70? Or it should at least. It should be like 55 I feel like. Yeah, I usually see it for $57.99. Yeah. So, in in that price range... That you know, this, there's not a whole lot of barrel-proof bourbons either. At this price, that have this quality, and I understand that I'm kind of contradicting myself. But I, this, for me, is not really doing anything more than say old Ezra seven-year barrel-proof is. Oh, that guy. It's a bit, it, and, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not trying to discredit Stag Junior. But there's something about this batch that doesn't do it for me and is on the same level as the Ezra Barrel Proof. Well, I have some clarification. I just Googled uh, this is batch 11. Okay. So this is fall 2018. Now, batch 10 made it into our top six, if I'm remembering right, bourbons of 2018. Mm -hmm. That was a really good batch. Yeah. And this, I think definitely falls short of that batch 10 yeah and batch 10 was the 126.4 i remember and it was phenomenal and i would take that over this any day of the week any day of the week yes i would even take that over the elijah craig we just had which for me is saying you know what i think i would too but if i were 26 or the the one twenty six. yeah the the yeah 2019-01 yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean it's I don't know. Or, 2019-01. I gave it a Booker's uh, thing. The A. <laughs> I was going to let that right, go, but it went right I, over I my got head. so lost the there a, for a second. The uh, A119. One, one, yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. I don't know. It's been a long episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it really uh, depends on the, the batch of stag. And then if you're comparing it to either Booker's or if you're comparing it to Elijah Craig, it depends on the batch of that too. I do like that they're wildly different because there's somebody that's going to yeah. prefer this way over the 126.4. Well, I think you hit it on the head there. I think Elijah Craig, Barrel Proof, Stag Jr., and Booker's are like three of the big guys when we're talking about Barrel Proofs. Yeah. And I think those are like the measuring sticks because they are kind of available-ish. They're not BTAC level. They're not, uh, you know, um, limited edition of whatever year level. They are, you can, if you put in the effort, you can get one, you know? Yeah, they're not a lottery drawing type bourbon. They're like, just well, maybe some in. places. <laughs> some places, yeah. Yeah. Here, but I mean, if you just if you walk in enough on truck day, eventually you're going to find one. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I gave it a... Uh, we're on price, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I gave it a four as well. I gave it a 3.5, and I think I might be a little too harsh on this, this batch in particular, because I think if previous batches, like the batch 10 that was in your lineup, mm-hmm. you know, probably would have gone a little higher. Yeah. Um. So if you want, we can go like a three seven five just to <laughs> right there in the middle and mess it up a little bit. Sorry. Well, I feel like it's one that it more ma- it, it's a higher maintenance barrel proof. Yeah, you, you're going to need to spend some time to experiment with water to get that right ratio to let it open up. Whatever it well, I mean this bottle's pretty well poured, so it has opened up. But I feel like you're going to need if you put in the time and you get that right ratio. It's still a good value. It's not the best value, but it's still pretty good for the proof and the quality of juice that you're getting. But are there value 
barrel-proof bourbons? I think when you get Elijah Craig barrel-proof at its MSRP, it's absolutely... That's a value? Yeah. I feel like Booker's is a value still, even. Yeah, and even the ones that I think that are value, like if you take the uh, rare breed... It's not. Oh, it's not touching. Definite yeah, value. That's a good definite point. Value. It's not touching the one thirty okay. range though. But it How is. How did I forget about rare breed? <laughs> you always forget about. Rare How breed. dare I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not getting up into like the one twenty, like mid one twenties to one thirty range. Yeah. But as far as just a barrel proof in quotation marks, it's mm-hmm. price wise gonna yeah. knock this out of the park. And it's you know what thirty six forty. Absolutely. Yeah. I would like to. This would be a good episode to throw some 1792 foolproof in the mix and see where it falls because oh, i feel yeah. like Absolutely. right now just thinking about it i could call that a good value because normally it's around 45 50 bucks yeah mm-hmm. uh for 125 proof it's always 125 so you know it's not it's 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 barrel proof entry proof so they do cut it right down but it's foolproof you yeah. know foolproof as far as barrel proof entry well my overall score was 12.5 um, who can do math? Four and four, and then three, and then three is... Waiting for you all to that's do it. That's 14. 14. Okay, 14. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> high, yeah. I yeah. gave it a 12.75. Okay. So, this for me is a... If we're going on a scale of like, should I try it at a bar or go ahead and buy a bottle, I would try this at a bar first. This particular batch, yes. Yeah. In general, Stag Junior, I would buy it. If I yeah. see a bottle, I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, Stag Junior's always fallen under the category, and I've even heard Chad say this. It's if I see it and it's under sixty bucks, I'm gonna grab it every time. Yes. And that's just because I know that even if I've already got that batch of it, somebody else is going to want it, and if I can get it to them just to try it, enjoy it, that's perfectly yes. fine. Or yeah. make a little trade or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's it's just solid. Like. I'm never going to be upset when somebody's like, hey, do you want to pour Stag Jr.? It's just... <laughs> and I'm going to be fine with that every time. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's not my favorite batch. Now, some of them are much better than others, as yes. we've talked about. But if somebody you know offered me a pour of this, I'd be fine with it. And at a bar, this is one of those that I think, just because of the name attached to it, you are going to pay quite a bit more. So two or three pours of this, and you might as well have just bought a bottle. Yep. <laughs> I think consensus-wise, be picky and choosy with it. You should probably put a little bit of research into this one. You probably can't go wrong with it, but there is a slight chance that you could be like, eh, this wasn't worth the money. Mm. Yeah, and going back to our topic, if you're still drinking like Jim Beam Black and you're like, oh, cool, they have a Stag Jr. That's from <laughs> Buffalo Trace. If you want to get it, that's fine, but maybe wait a little while to open yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> maybe time. go to that Knob Creek 120 first. <laughs> well, that wraps up our review, but we have another segment left. Bits and tips. Here. No, tips and bits. Oh, okay. <laughs> Close Spell <enough>. and speak? <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So do you guys have tips and bits this week? I do. I came prepared. Last oh, week so I was stumped. It was great. <laughs> um, I've got this bad habit of waiting until a show ends and then just blowing through it real quick on some sort of streaming service. Mm. And uh, recently it's been season three of Grand Tour. Grand Tour. It's uh, a show. Yeah. So it's, um, uh, what is it? Top Gear? 
Oh, okay. They redid it. Oh, okay. Yeah, on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hilarious, man. The budget for that <laughs> show's got to be ridiculous. And, you know, the editing on it's fantastic. So it's just, it's fun to watch. I mean, this most recent episode, they dropped him in the middle of, like, some random country. And then they did three, you know, giant helicopter drops of crates. And inside of it was a car they had to build and then drive, like, 600 miles. Jeez. I mean, just just dumb stuff. I mean, it's... It's just fun to watch, and of course it's Jeremy Clarkson, so he's just, he's just funny. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's definitely worth watching. Um, and this is their third season, so they've got two more seasons of this, and I can't even tell you how many seasons of Top Gear if you've, if you've not watched that. <laughs> and it's one of those things too where you don't have to be a car person really to find humor in it. I mean, there's certain spots you might want to just fast forward when they're reviewing a car or something, but it's still hilarious. Nice. Uh, I've been watching this show on Hulu, which is still coming out. It's called The Act. And uh, oh, who was talking about that recently? Was that Curtis? Don't know. Might have been. Wasn't me. I've not heard of this yet. Yeah. So it's based on true events of this mom and her daughter. Yeah. And yeah, never mind. It wasn't Curtis, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, Joey King plays the daughter. And she does it a phenomenal job. Um, who this? The, I, there's some type of syndrome out there. I forget what it's called, but the mother was purposely making the daughter uh, seem ill, or convincing her that she had um, disabilities or diseases that she didn't have, just so they could remain in the public eye mm-hmm. and, and get sympathy and uh, and all this. And and she and this isn't a spoiler because you get this in the very first episode, or if you know of the real event. She ends up uh, killing her mother to basically because she was basically being held prisoner. Right. Um, so it's a, a a true life retelling of those events, and it's actually pretty pretty captivating. And it happened like a couple of twenty fifteen. Right? Yeah, yeah, is when exactly. it happened when the act happened. Yeah, it's a little heavy, but I find it interesting because. The reason why I got why I was like, yeah, I'd watch it is because I listened to an interview of the actress on uh, mm-hmm. ID10T, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, yeah, well, I'd watch this. It's it's cool. So I haven't seen it yet, but I am so excited for Endgame, Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame. I, I yeah. I'm like counting down the days until I get to see. It. I just saw Captain Marvel this weekend. How'd you like it? It was fine. It wasn't my favorite. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Is that it's... A it's, little bit better than Ant-Man and the Wasp? I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. Yeah. I, do I need to? Well, there is... There's an end credit scene. Like, all these... There, It's the end credit scene that's the most important thing. Just like Captain Marvel, the end credit scene is really the most important thing to okay. tie into future movies. If I know what happens in the end credit scene, do I have to see the rest of the movie? No. Okay, then I'm good. Then you're good. Yeah. See, with Marvel, I'm always terrified that they're going to make some little callback to small portions in like each each one. So I feel like I have to watch it. But with Endgame being so big and yeah. so many people in it, time for that. they don't have yeah. time for that. Even nah. with the three hours it's supposed nah. to be. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wanted to see it in case there was anything like that. Turns out there really wasn't. <laughs> but that's fine. I want to see it anyway. It's a, it's a good it's like, fine. It's fine. phase one Marvel movie. Correct. It's like there's nothing that's overpoweringly like you have to know everything about this lore exactly. to enjoy it. I mean, they, they even introduced Nick Fury in a really good way yeah. to where you're like, oh, here's this guy. 
He's a part of everything. You do find out how he loses his eye, you if do. you want to know. Spoilers. Yeah, and they lay on the 90s references thick. Yes, they, they do. They do. It's got a good soundtrack, though. When I was watching the movie, I was yeah. like, you know what? Music was better in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> You're a punk, Chad. <laughs> just saying, it was. It was better. Um, On the nerd note, though. Yeah? I have been reading Spider-Man Life Story, uh, which is a fantastic comic book. If you are a Spider-Man fan, um, it goes chronologically through different decades of the United States. So it starts out in the 60s, and then the second issue is in the 70s, third, 80s, and so on and so forth. So Mm -hmm. you actually, it's not the sliding time scale that Marvel Comics usually uses. Mm -hmm. It's actually like following him era by era, beat by beat. And it's maybe my favorite spider-man story that's come out in the past year nice or five years cool maybe 10 years all right i'm really going on here 20 years years. 25 years 30 years (laughs) it's way better than clone saga i'll tell you that much oh i remember that (laughs) 90s i love doing like really nerdy tips and bits Mm -hmm. i think that's my favorite yeah anyway that does it for this episode, I think. Uh, if people can find you all on social media, where can they do that? I'm on at the Bourbon Finder on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's, that's about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of suck at keeping up with the other stuff. <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at it's Bourbon Night, Patreon.com slash it's Bourbon Night, uh, YouTube.com slash it's Bourbon Night, and WhiskeyAmbitions.com for merch. Yes. Whiskey ambitions. I think I have my uh, drink more bourbon glass in the wash right now. Yeah, it's good glass. Yeah, it's I like good glass. glass. Yeah, I love I like the size it. of those, man. They're, it's perfect. Yes, it's my that's, favorite. Oh, I'm so happy glass. that we found that that particular model of glass. <laughs> yeah, it's the best rocks glass ever. So good. Still waiting on those Glen Cairns to come back in stock. It's Jeez. like the first and only rocks glass that I have that I can put a one ounce pour in and not look at it. It doesn't that's look lost. Yeah. yeah, you put in exactly. those big like. What are they? Nine ounce rocks glasses? I don't even know. And you're like, uh, that's kind of silly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) looks like it rained in my glass, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, it's the kind of glasses you look at your bartender like, really? Come on, a little more? That's it? Ugh. Unless it's Perry. 20 bucks for this. Yeah, unless it's Perry and you're like, sir, it's overflowing. (laughs) You're still pouring and it's on the bar. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and open a second bottle. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Slow it down there, champ. (laughs) Eager beaver. Well, if you want to follow me personally, I am at PRater1492 on all social media channels. You can follow the show itself at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can send us an email. This is my bourbon shop at gmail.com if you have questions or comments about the show. Uh, you can also head to bourbonshop.threadless.com if you would like to take part in our sale, which is going on uh, for just a couple more weeks. Um, orders over $45, you are getting free shipping. So definitely check that out. Uh, like I said earlier, we have the Facebook group. Just search This Is My Bourbon Group on Facebook. Um, Chad, you're not a part of it yet. I didn't even know it existed. I've invited you. Um, I am on Facebook so seldomly. Yeah, I know you are, but your fiance is on the on the group though. So uh, okay, well, I will I will take care of that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, I do a live stream every Thursday night over on YouTube. It's YouTube.com/slash This Is My Bourbon Podcast. And then the big one, 
uh, patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can help support the show. Um, really do appreciate that. We are always working towards our next goal, even though we just hit our most recent one. Um, and thank you all so much for everybody who supported that and uh, helped us out. We're only growing up, and I'm excited for it. I think that does it, though. Cool. Thanks, Chad. You're welcome. Thanks, for Thanks, Swan. Thanks. Yeah. That does it for this week. I'll see you guys next week, though. But until then, I'm Perry, and this is my Bourbon Podcast.